I think we all have a good idea of what a vaccine does. Um, it stimulates. I don't your know if we system. all do. <laughs> oh god, that's just kidding. Top. That's another joke for. Welcome to the From Quarantine podcast, a daily dose of dry humor from two Americans living in the heart of Europe, hosted by January Newbanks and Tassie Gibson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to part two of our discussion of all the terms that we are reading about on a daily basis as the world processes coronavirus. For this part two, we are going to be discussing public health terms, medical equipment, and pharmaceuticals. We hope you enjoy. (laughs) All right. So public health measures, that's our next topic. Oh my gosh, Jan. This is like just a stew of mess. It's so crazy. Basically, there are tons of terms and they have no meaning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it all depends on your government's, like, particular, like, well, not necessarily even the government as much as it is, like, the culture of the people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, like, different terminology is being used in, like, northern and midwestern states than, like, mm -hmm. in the south or in the Pacific Northwest. Exactly. Or in, like, the Midwest, like, the, the, like, Midwest in terms of, like... I always think of Ohio as like Midwest one and it actually probably <laughs> should know, be like Midwest two, but Midwest, like we're talking about like Oklahoma, middle Midwest. There? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Colorado, uh, Idaho, yeah, I feel like Kansas. Ohio is kind of East coast. We're like East coast wannabes, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. It depends on the city, I guess. We've got that whole Appalachia thing going on too. I mean, it's just it's a it's a really complex We're personality, special. Ohio. <laughs> so the one term that we can definitely all agree on is social distancing. Yes. So public health measures that call for social distancing, we're all behind that. You need six feet or two meters between you and other people. It prevents people from congregating. Um, and the goal is to keep people from spitting on each other, basically. Yeah. Um, you want to keep your little droplets inside of you and close to you. Um, so this is the idea of not going to your neighbor's house and having dinner um, mm-hmm. and not sitting next to someone on the tram and keeping mm-hmm. that distance. Um, this is why they canceled schools, public events. Uh, restaurants have been closed. All of these things are to keep that six feet or two meters between people. So social distancing, that's internationally been adapted. Uh, yeah. And have you even seen that like the U.S. has instituted, I don't know, I haven't been in a grocery store for a very long time because we order our groceries online, but they've in, they've put like tape lines down on the floor oh. to give customers like a visual cue um, as to how close they're allowed to be in the line. Um, I know that I guess my, my small store, they do that at the checkout counter. That there are Yeah, that's of- what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but the thing is that people are getting kind of like antsy because once you get past a certain point, because the lines can get very long then, right? Like mm-hmm. in terms of distance. Um, and people are getting like 
cut in front of. Oh no! And so, yeah, it's causing some like some social friction there um, because like I think you can't be as close as like you would normally be. Like Mm -hmm. in in Ohio, we give each other a lot of space in lines. I understand that's that's not the case in other places in the U.S., but in Ohio, we give each other lots of space. There's like a comfortable bubble of like you know wingspan mm-hmm. um but like here in europe like one of the hardest that are here in the czech republic i don't know if it's europe wide but it sure feels like it um one of the things that i had to get used to was people being so close to me all the time mm-hmm. um and you know like when somebody's waiting in line behind you if you're not like two inches away from the person in front of you <laughs> somebody will just walk right in and get in between you and take that space. So um, I haven't been queuing up here, but I also heard a story that um, from, from Andy's parents that Costco was limiting the amount of people that can go into the store to like under 20, 25, which that's a ginormous store for Mm -hmm. 20, 25 people. So people are queuing up outside the Costco, but they're not standing six feet apart. Oh, interesting. So, like, it's kind of defeating the purpose, but, yeah, funny. Anyway, continue. Social distancing, and then I think we're we're talking about quarantine now, yeah? Yeah, so then the, basically the next three, let's say four, four definitions. Quarantine, isolation, lockdown, and shelter in place. These are the four that you and I were talking about. They kind of, we play fast and loose with them. So, for yeah. example, quarantine, that's the one that we have all been hearing. Um, mm-hmm. Here is also a little linguistics nerd out from Tassie. So quarantine comes from the Latin quarantina, um, which was in place in the 14th century um, around Mediterranean cities that had ports. Um, and it originated actually in Dubrovnik and I know this because Tara of our podcast fame and I uh, went to Dubrovnik a few years ago together and we took a kayak tour so we went out on the kayak and then the tour guide um, told us about the city from sitting on the water which was amazing yeah. we could travel again go to Dubrovnik do the kayak tour it was unbelievable um but the original city that instituted it was Dubrovnik and um the idea was in these medieval cities that if they were a port city you'd have the ships coming from wherever and there was the black death that was going around so they would have uh, a type of barracks and they would put the people into the barracks and they would monitor them and the people that got sick they would be isolated, which we'll talk about in a second, into a certain part of the barracks and the people that were healthy after um, 40 days, then they would be released into the city and they could continue about their business. Um, So quarantining means you restrict the movement of people who've been exposed to the infection, but who aren't yet sick. So actually, when we talk about a quarantine in Prague or in uh, London or that sort of thing. It's not in the in the actual terminology of what an original quarantine would have been or even mm-hmm. how if a doctor quarantines you, what that means. Because a quarantine would mean that you are in your house waiting to see if you get sick. Um, but Yeah, and it, it also implies like explicitly that you have a, you have been exposed to the disease. Right. Yes. So, 
the people that have been coming back from abroad, so we talked about repatriation a couple episodes ago, uh, mm-hmm. those people, they are actually in quarantine because the Czech government says, you go home for 14 days, take your temperature, let us know at the end of 14 days, do not walk outside of your front door, stay mm-hmm. home. That's a quarantine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now what about isolation? So isolation is when you are sick and you need to be isolated from other people so that you don't infect them. So isolation, um, let's think about it in the terms of what most people are going through here, would be you are sick, you're living in your family home, you are in one room, your family is leaving your food outside of the door for you to take, (laughs) or maybe one person is going in and out but with gloves and a mask and everything to take care of you. So it's actually when you don't move around and you are completely isolated. So it's basically prison solitary confinement. Yes. (laughs) With like a few more perks, like a laptop or something. Right. And within (laughs) hospital, you can have like isolation wards. So for example, they would have everyone with um, COVID-19 in one ward of the hospital and no one else would be allowed in there except for the doctors caring for them. So that's mm. isolation. And our favorite term, <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> Everyone loves this term. And it's so funny. I loved the quote that they have in this article from a lawyer. She is, uh, her name is Lindsay Wiley. And she says, It could be used to refer to anything from mandatory geographic quarantine, which would probably be unconstitutional under most scenarios in the U.S., to (laughs) non-mandatory recommendations to shelter in place, which are totally legal and can be issued by health officials at the federal, state, and local level, to anything in between, i.e. ordering certain events or types of businesses to close, which is generally constitutional based on available evidence. So lockdown basically has no meaning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can use it in Europe because things are a little bit more like centralized yeah, government wise. So I would say what Italy has is a lockdown. Yeah. Uh, what Spain is, is uh, dealing with is a lockdown because they are actually told do not leave your house. They don't get the benefit of going for the walk with the dog. They don't get the benefit of going to the pharmacy. Like they can mm-hmm. only be home. I loved your story about them being followed by drones. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, hilarious in like a really like scary kind of way. Yeah. You know, in a George Orwellian sort of way. Yeah. Uh, so when people say lockdown, I think it's more um, a term to describe how they feel because it doesn't really have a legal. It's an emotional term. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if you are in lockdown, you would know. Actually, it, it would apply to the situation in China. Um, that yeah. was lockdown. Like the Chinese government boarded people into their homes and said, you don't get to leave um, and you will not leave this city. You know, the police were at the borders. So that that could be termed a lockdown. But most of what you're seeing across the Western world um, is shelter in place, which is what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Shelter in place is such a nice term, isn't it? It is. Kind of feels, it kind of feels so cozy. Yeah, I agree. Um, so shelter in place is when your government tells you, stay home, read a book, watch Netflix, do a puzzle, 
if you need to go to the grocery store, essential uh, companies are still open. Things that we need are still open. But we really want you to be at home and practice good social distancing. So especially in the U.S., you've heard the term shelter in place or stay at home. Um, And the difference in those is also a really funny linguistic term. Basically, it's semantics. Like the difference, it means exactly the same thing. And the difference is only how much you want your uh, civilians to feel like the government's telling them to do something. Stay at Mm -hmm. home sounds nice and friendly. Shelter in place sounds a little more... Uh, See, I would, I know that that's true, um, but it feels to me like a stay-at-home order is a little bit more like, uh, what do you call that, is a little bit more um, instructive mm-hmm. than shelter-in-place, but I what agree. do I know? I like the stay-at-home. I think it's clear. Mm-hmm. Stay-at-home. Stay-at-home. Has- Hashtag yes. stay-at-home. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway. So um moving on, we have one more to- one more topic to discuss, and that is the medical equipment and pharmaceuticals. I think we could probably go through this one pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just really this is just gonna be definitions. So everyone is talking about PPE. I think unless you have worked in healthcare or in a company that had some kind of training, you probably haven't heard of PPE in this way. It's hard to say quickly. Uh, It is. Protective equipment. So this would be your mask, gloves, face shield, anything that you are using to keep the infection off of you. Um, So when doctors say that they don't have PPE, then it means that they don't have the protection they feel they need. Um, the next one was really confusing for me. That's actually where I started a few weeks ago when Jan and I were talking about definitions, um, is a respirator versus a ventilator. Mm So ventilator is the machine that moves the air in and out of the lungs, which makes sense. Ventilation, ventilator, I got it. So I was confused about what a respirator was, and that is actually the face mask that goes around your mouth, that goes around your nose. Um, and it filters out those particles. Um, and I didn't know why it was called an N95. So this was really great for me because it filters out 95% of very small test particles. Hmm. So that's why it's called an N95. That's interesting. So, yeah. So descriptive right there in the name. I know. So then the step down from that is a surgical mask, which is what a lot of people were buying or hoarding before all of this uh, came in, which is just the mask that um, is loose fitting, but it can protect you. It just doesn't filter out as many particles as a respirator. So um, it protects you from the gunk, but not necessarily from the particles. Um, And then we have the face mask, which is which which everyone is being encouraged to wear, which can be the homemade cotton cloth face mask, um, which is about stopping the spread of droplets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got really um, up close and personal with the PPE and the respirator mm-hmm. talk when, uh, and ventilator for that matter, uh, when Lucy was an infant, she had RSV, 
which is another oh, respiratory right. infection. And it's also got the same like shape as the coronavirus. Like it's, um, and she was very, very sick and she had to be in a clean room for, oh gosh, I can't remember how many days now. Cause it all sort it of blends long. together. Cause I want to yeah, say she was only, she was only seven, like six, six or seven days old when, when we had to go into the PICU, um, at children's hospital in Columbus and, yeah, everybody who came in to visit had to be um, with a respirator and uh, a full gown, gloves, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even we had to, like, even though we weren't leaving or coming or going in the room, like, we had to be completely masked up and gloved up. And it was such a crazy experience because I had this, like, brand new infant um, that I couldn't touch mm-hmm. or yeah, but um, but we made it through it. She's a she's a fighter. She's a strong kid, and yeah. So that's how I came to know all of those terminologies. But it's just appalling and so sad that our health workers don't have what they need. So I hope that that situation turns around really quickly. I think yeah. people are being really industrious, and that's so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, to see people kind of, you know, coming to the aid of, of each other, you know, even, even just thinking like Andy and I were discussing Bill Gates this morning. Yeah. He's, he's funding the uh, research for, I believe six different medical research teams that are trying to, uh, yeah, that are trying to come up with a um, vaccine. And, you know, that's expensive mm-hmm. uh, to, to fund six different medical teams to try to come up with a vaccine. That's expensive business. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank God there are billionaires with a heart. That's all I have to say. about So yeah. vaccine <laughs> actually is our next term. We I think we all have a good idea of what a vaccine does. Um, it stimulates. I don't know if we all do. (laughs) Oh gosh, just kidding. That's another joke for that's inappropriate (laughs) for the podcast. (laughs) Actually, you know, you say that, and like this is not disparaging anyone, but like this science is is really hard. Like we banter these terms around, but I bet if you ask most people on the street, myself included, like I have a general Uh idea of how a vaccine works, but it's true. I don't think that people really know um, the science behind it. And that can, that can be a game changer, like trying to get people even to take the the flu vaccine, which we talked about Mm -hmm. podcasts ago. Mm -hmm. So it is a lot of misinformation and bad PR for vaccines. Yeah. I saw a tw- a tweet. Um, I don't know who to attribute this to, so I'm sorry. But um, this man was, you know, coming for anti-vaxxers, and the views um, expressed by this man are not necessarily the views <laughs> of Tassie. <laughs> um, both of us are pro-vaccine, but I'm not yeah. like I'm not like rabidly like angry at anti-vaxxers. But anyway, he was saying trying to put this into perspective, he was like, for those of us who want a world without vaccines, this is a world without one vaccine. Mm -hmm. Like imagine 
if we were also dealing with regular outbreaks of smallpox or and polio and, and yeah yeah the list goes on and on mumps measles yeah yeah like these were really yeah. serious diseases and there's a reason why yeah we have some vaccines absolutely for so yeah but so that basically is neither here nor there yeah the vaccine stimulates your immune system it produces antibodies which means that when you encounter that original uh virus or pathogen then mm-hmm. your body can fight it off so it gives your body yeah. the tools to be able to identify it and destroy it um and basically when we have a vaccine then we could stop the pandemic in its tracks uh, is the quote here in the article. And I like the way they state it because um, once you start vaccinating people, then um, people don't get sick or they, yeah, they get a milder version, which brings us to our very last definition, which, which is the therapeutics. Um, And this has been a very confusing term because I think people see it and they see it as a cure, but actually Mm -hmm. these are drugs that, help the body fight off the disease so it can lessen the symptoms or the severity, but it's Mm -hmm. not a cure. Um, And there are lots of these going around. Actually, last week I read in Czech Republic, they're trying to do a plasma um, therapeutic, Mm -hmm. the plasma from people that have recovered and use it in people that are um, fighting. So there are lots of ideas, different medicines, but, this isn't a cure. You won't take it and get better. This is just to help your body fight. Yeah, this gives you some time to fight the disease off. Yeah, I think that that's also an important distinction because, um, you know, there there are a lot of people talking about like, oh, why aren't we just, you know, we know the Ebola drug has a positive effect um, on people with COVID-19 and why aren't we just you know, handing this out. Well, there are lots of reasons, but, um, but it's, it's a hard balance right now when you're in a global pandemic, like you were talking about the vaccines, uh, the people trying to come up with a vaccine in Australia, there were steps skipped. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind when, you are talking when you're thinking about like why isn't why aren't they just handing out the Ebola drug or like this cocktail of drugs that seems to be effective? Um, it's because it hasn't been tested thoroughly, so right, and they don't know don't what know. it could do on the mass yeah. scale. We don't know five years from now what that cocktail of drugs like what kind of effects it could have on you. So you know it's a really difficult position. Um, that the World Health Organization, the CDC, the FDA, all of these governing bodies that have to kind of weigh in on these drug decisions, um, it's a tough job that they have. So, mm-hmm. so yes, if you are in a country that claps every day for uh, your medical professionals, please participate because it is more for you than it is for them. I think it's just to remind yourself to be grateful that we have people who are on the front lines of this thing, really, really working hard and putting themselves in harm's way in order to help us. So, so that is basically our show for tonight. Yes. 
So I have a little moment of calm. It is laughing is and will always be the best form of therapy. Mm. So I hope that this one wasn't the funniest podcast, but it was educational. And that is fine. Go back and listen to one of our other funny ones if you need some therapy. But (laughs) (laughs) um, hopefully you did laugh a little bit and hopefully you learned something. Yeah, and we're going to link to the article where we um, where we got a lot of these definitions and figured out, like, what people were talking about. And, and it's actually a, an article that they are updating regularly as the mm-hmm. situations change and new, new things come out and things that we have to uh, digest as we're listening to our public health officials and government officials talk about this disease um, in press conferences Uh, so this article will be updated regularly so you'll be able to kind of check back if there's something new so that's super cool of them as well yes excellent all right miss tapita enjoy your monday morning (laughs) yes Uh, thank you and we'll be back here tomorrow yep bye guys talk to you later bye Thanks for listening to today's episode of From Quarantine. Our greatest wish is that it brought some levity to your day. If we made you laugh even a little bit, then we accomplished our goal. We are now live on all major platforms, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as your favorite third-party apps. Just search for From Quarantine. You can find us on Instagram by searching From Quarantine as well. And you can also reach us through our website, quarantine.cz. We would love it if you would like and share our episodes with your friends. But if you could also take a moment to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would help us out tremendously. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow. This podcast is brought to you by the coronavirus outbreak. Live together. Dialogue.